Hi, my name is Megan Smalley, and I'm with Recycling Today magazine. Welcome to the Fresh Perspective podcast. I'm here today with Allison Sellers, who is an investment associate at Closed Loop Partners. Closed Loop Partners is based in New York. The company is an investment firm that's focused on developing the circular economy. Allison has been in her position at Closed Loop Partners for about one year. She is responsible for helping the senior investment management team in the appraisal and execution of investment opportunities across closed-loop funds. Before coming to the company, Allison worked for about five and a half years at J.P. Morgan in credit risk management. She received a bachelor's degree in finance, international business, and Spanish from the University of Minnesota in 2012. Thanks for coming on the show today, Allison. Thanks so much for having me, Megan. Great to be here. So to start things off, how did you first get into the recycling industry? Was this a career you intended to pursue at all while in college? (laughs) This is not at all what I thought I would be doing when I was in college. Um, As you mentioned, I graduated from the University of Minnesota with a major in finance and international business. And I actually started my career in banking at J.P. Morgan, and I was there, like you said, for about five and a half years. So very different uh, from where I am now. But that being said, the take, make, dispose uh, linear business model has always frustrated me. It has never made sense. Even when I was growing up, it, it, the the fact that we would take things home and use them one time and then put them in the trash was always something that puzzled me a bit. Uh, so I'm so grateful that I now have the opportunity to drive the conversion to a circular economy so we can eliminate that business model. Got it. And what made you interested in joining the Closed Loop Partners about a year ago? How did you get introduced to the company? Yeah, so uh, impact investing has been on my radar for about four years now. And that's technically what Closed Loop Partners is considered as an impact investing fund. So during my last year at J.P. Morgan, I was working to find the right opportunity in the impact investing space to move into full-time. The team at Closed Loop, I found through the Global Impact Investing Network, or the GIN, as some people call it, they were listed as one of the contributors to their uh, annual impact report. And I just did a little bit of research on them. I saw that they were hiring in, in New York. And when I met with the team, everyone was so impressive and so passionate about their work that I decided that it was the right team for me to join. I had very little knowledge of the recycling industry when I joined, other than everyone needed to do a better job of it in America, and there needed to be a better infrastructure nationwide. I have learned an immense amount in the year that I've spent at Closed Loop, which has made me even more dedicated to to the work that we're doing. Got it. And I guess, what are some of the lessons that you've learned since coming to the company the last year? Things about recycling or things about the company? Sure. So there's a lot to learn about recycling, uh, and I'm sure your listeners have a much more solid understanding than I did when I first started. It's an incredibly complex industry, and it's it's something that um, has a lot of factors that play into it. And so I think the biggest thing that I learned is that the entire supply chain um, throughout, I, I guess you could call it the recycling um, industry supply chain, Everyone needs to kind of buy into the idea that recycling is good and recycling is good business. And as soon as one of those parties from 
the municipalities to the MRF operators to the plastic processors or the paper mills, and then all the way up to the end product manufacturers. Once one of those doesn't really buy into the idea that recycling is good and recycling is good business, that the whole thing kind of falls apart. So it's a very delicate balance, and just I'm now just kind of beginning to understand the complexities that that are involved in each of those stakeholders' decisions. Got it. And has somebody at Closed Loop Partners kind of helped you learn some of the different facets of the industry? <laughs> it is definitely a team effort here. So we have all of our managing directors, uh, with the exception of one, have come from the either recycling space or the recycled commodities business. And so they are just a wealth of knowledge. Every time I have a question, I, I know that one of them will be able to answer it. And that also kind of helps us with our deal due diligence. And I've learned a lot through that due diligence process for the, the investments that we make. I go to visit the MRFs, I go to visit the processors, I get to chat with the CEOs, the CFOs firsthand. And understanding what makes and breaks their business models, and kind of what they're trying to tweak in their operations, all of that is what has compounded into my knowledge of the recycling industry. So I wouldn't say it's one person or one thing that I've done specifically has kind of been a collective effort or over the, the course of the last year. Now, what's the company culture like at Close Loop Partners, and what's it like to work there on a day-to-day basis? Sure. Yeah, so we are, like I said, ultra-collaborative. Coming from J.P. Morgan, which was collaborative in a different way, a much more structured way, this is collaborative in a way that everyone needs to just roll up their sleeves and get the job done. Um, we're only a 25-person company, so in addition to kind of my formal financial due diligence, operational due diligence, a lot of ad hoc requests come across my desk every single day. So just having the mentality of we just need to get the job done and working together is the most efficient way to do that kind of permeates through day-to-day life here at Close Loop. Uh, we are also constantly on the move. So, you know, like I said, we're a, a team of 25 people, but I would say probably a third of those people are actually in the office every day. Um, We're always traveling to conferences, out to visit portfolio companies, visiting uh, prospective investments, and we're also fundraising at the same time. So we are uh, a very busy, busy, busy workforce here, and that also contributes to, um, like I said, the collaboration and the constant learning that we're all all working towards. Got it. And... Your particular job, what are what does your job entail on a day-to-day basis? And are you traveling a lot for your job, going to different recycling facilities? Sure. Yeah, so I, I do travel quite a bit. Um, anytime that we have a new investment uh, or a, a prospective investment, we go out to visit them and visit their facility. So aside from that, uh, the day-to-day kind of tasks that I'm, I'm working on are reviewing historical financial information, um, putting together financial uh, projection models, and then kind of reading through or looking at operational reports that we get from the, our portfolio companies or prospective portfolio companies, and just kind of analyzing their business models, analyzing certain industry dynamics. We look a lot at the recycled commodities markets um, to see where pricing is fluctuating. So kind of getting a holistic picture of the industry and the different players within it, and then drilling down to individual investments and in their performance. It's kind of a, a constant 
constant task. It's never really completed. We're always we're always kind of keeping tabs on everyone. So that's basically what my day to day is, and it's it's quite similar actually to what I was doing at J.P. Morgan in terms of the financial analysis and financial modeling. Obviously, a different industry and different industry dynamics. So that's what keeps it interesting for me. And um, constantly learning, constantly chatting with people. Um, that's that's all part of the day to day here. Got it. Now, before coming to Close Loop, you had some experience in working in credit risk management at J.P. Morgan. So what experiences from there have you been able to bring over to Close Loop Partners, and how do those skills in turn benefit the recycling industry? So other than the technical financial skills, which I uh, just mentioned and I certainly still, still use every day, my time at J.P. Morgan taught me how to ask the right questions and think critically about uh, a potential transaction or a new business model. As we work with our existing and potential portfolio companies, asking those right questions uh, helps them to think critically about their business model. And it's become increasingly important as many operators within the industry are having to optimize their operations to adapt to uh, this kind of new post-China National Sword environment um, where they're having to think about the quality of the materials that are coming out and that, that are being distributed. So that certainly is a, is a skill set that I kind of honed, and, and I wouldn't say I'm, I'm great at it. I'm not, I'm not an expert yet, but um, asking those right questions and really drilling down to the heart of the matter is, is um, I would say, the, the most transferable thing that I took from, from my time at JP. I also was curious while in college you studied international business and Spanish, have you been able to use those skills at all, either at closed loop or throughout your career? And how do things that you learned in college relate to your job at closed loop? So the financial part of my major was obviously the most applicable to what I'm doing now. International business is something that is always kind of just there. It's something I use absolutely. Thinking about different management styles, different dynamics within um, other countries. Uh, you know, China is a huge focus right now, but also, you know, countries in South America, how they how they do business, what are the drivers there, what are the, you know, geopolitical factors that are at play. All of those kind of go into the way that businesses operate there and in turn kind of how they operate in exchange with the United States. So that is certainly something that is always top of mind, especially as we live in an increasingly global uh, economy. The Spanish was something that I was fluent in at one point. <laughs> um, I studied abroad in Spain for six months, and by the time I came back, I, I was definitely fluent. That has tapered off a little bit. I can still read and understand quite well, but speaking is um, I'm just not conversational anymore. But that definitely helps, especially as our ties to Mexico have increased and you know there's a lot of uh, recycled commodities that cross the border down there so helping to you know being able to, to understand and read different you know contracts or uh, purchase orders or things like that that come across in Spanish uh, is, is definitely helpful I would think you know that would be applied to, to any language other than English that someone could learn there's always going to be business transactions that happen in for the most part in that language um, so just having that perspective and being able to at least read in a different language, I think, is, is always helpful. Got it. Now, Closed Loop Partners is 
pretty involved in a variety of projects in recycling. Could you talk about any of the projects that you've been involved with or that you're working on this year? Sure. So through our debt fund, so I guess I should explain, Closed Loop has three different funds. We have a venture fund, which is early, early stage, very early stage, usually pre-seed stage investing. Then we have our debt fund, which is focused on infrastructure investments and project finance in the recycling space. And then we just launched our um, Closed Loop Leadership Fund, which is our private equity fund. So those are making control and or out of that fund we're making control investments and that will also be within obviously the recycling industry, expanding MRFs, processors, new product innovation, all through throughout the supply chain. So in terms of projects that I've had and, and will work on, through our debt fund, uh, we have been able to deploy approximately fifty seven million dollars over the past five years in projects that ranged from MRF upgrades, new carts or trucks for municipalities or, or private MRF operators, um, and new equipment to expand operations of a variety of different facilities. Our portfolio companies range from municipalities to private MRF operators to plastic processors to innovative packaging manufacturers. So we we will continue to, to look to invest in those types of, of projects. Um, our fund just, we were able to extend it, so we um, we will be kind of deploying capital for the next five years, and that is exciting for us because we think that there's still so much investment that needs to happen in the space. Um, but <clears throat> those are the types of projects that, that we have invested in in the past, and, and we'll look to do a good chunk of, of those in 2020 as well. I was also able to work on our first investment in our private equity fund, which closed in October of last year. You may know, uh, but we acquired 80% of Balcones Resources, which is the largest independent recycler in Texas. And we are so excited about that investment. They have such a strong team and their operations are best in class. So we really hope to, that we'll be able to use Balcones as a foundation for a best-in-class MRF platform um, that we hope to build out through that private equity fund. So lots of exciting stuff uh, coming up in the next in the next year for sure, but over the next two to three years as well uh, across both both of those funds. Now, how does closed loop partners go about selecting communities, companies, and groups to invest in to improve the circular economy? And how are results from those investments tracked? Right. This is uh, this is why we're here. Um, <laughs> so we just, you know, t- to reemphasize, we are an impact-focused company or fund. So we work really hard to find investments that will result in the most impact bang for your buck, so to speak. Uh, we look for areas where there is insufficient or even no recycling infrastructure today, and then work hand in hand with the municipalities and the MRF operators to make sure that the infrastructure being built that we're financing will best serve the community. Uh, So we also use our broad network within the recycling industry. Like I said, most of our MDs come from from the industry. So we have a lot of personal connections here. And we really try to help connect buyers and sellers of material to increase efficiencies in the supply chain. So we look kind of at all of that holistically and see where we can make the most impact 
as a result of our capital, and, and that's kind of where we choose to, to invest in. As far as tracking the investments, we track our investments very closely. Uh, we receive quarterly and in some cases monthly reports from each portfolio company that allow us to track tons diverted from landfill, GHG emissions avoided, jobs created, and households served. For the MRFs, we also track bale economics and material composition so that we can stay up to date with trends in material flow because really at the end of the day, that's what's driving these businesses. So we like to keep, keep tabs on the industry-wide pressures that each of our portfolio companies is, is facing as well. So that's kind of you know, our, our investment thesis is, and then um, our, how we monitor all of our investments uh, on a go-forward basis. Got it. Now, what are some unique projects that Closed Loop Partners is looking to work on this year in 2020 that you're able to talk about? Yeah, so we do have some that I can't talk about just yet. So there's some stay tuned because we'll have some announcements coming up here soon. But I talked a lot about our funds. I would like to highlight a couple of things that our advisory services arm is working on. So we have um, what's called the Center for the Circular Economy, and it's they kind of do advisory services, pre-competitive collaborations, um, ad hoc projects and research. So they get to do all the cool, the cool stuff, the, the research, um, the cutting edge. They're, they're, the, they're the ones that are uh, at the forefront of all of these kind of industry-wide trends. So two things that I would love to highlight that they're working on that are really exciting. The first is the continuation of the Next Gen Cup Challenge. So this, I'm not sure if you, you have read about it or are aware, but this is a pre-competitive collaboration between Starbucks and McDonald's, which our Center for the Circular Economy is managing. And it's focused on advancing recoverable solutions to the fiber, hot and cold to-go cup. So all of basically the, the Starbucks cups that you think of, the iconic Starbucks cup, those are actually not recyclable um, because of the, the plastic liner that keeps it from leaking or making the paper turn soft. So we launched a, uh, a challenge for innovative uh, solutions to come forward and compete um, to, to find an alternative. So that happened last year, uh, we received hundreds of submissions, and there are now 12 finalists. Uh, six of them are very early stage, and six are a little bit more advanced in stage. So we're treating them a little bit differently in terms of what they need for their business models and, and how we can be most helpful to them, but they are testing their solutions for viability in a, in a commercial environment, and um, hopefully we'll get them into pilot testing in either Starbucks or McDonald's or another national chain here um, sometime in 2020. So that is moving forward. Very exciting. I'm very curious and, and excited to see what, what the ultimate solution is going to be. And, you know, probably there's not going to be one ultimate solution. These kind of the submissions range from compostable liners, different types of cups that don't actually need a liner. So there's a lot of options that that could be presented there. So definitely um, keep tabs on that throughout 2020. Um, the second really exciting project that they're working on is uh, the second phase of our chemical recycling study. So we released part one of that study last year, which really mapped out the chemical recycling landscape at a very high level. 
So part two is going to focus on chemical recycling operations that are scalable. So very specific recyc chemical recycling technologies that can scale up and that are actually at a point where they're ready to do so. So definitely stay tuned for the release of that study later this year. And all of this is available on our website. We keep it really up to date. So we have a great um, comms director that keeps everything posted there. So either follow us on LinkedIn or, or visit our website because we'll be releasing those later in the year. Awesome. And I know it's definitely been really exciting to see all the different companies step up with Next Gen Cup or the chemical recycling initiatives that you're talking about here. So we'll definitely keep tabs on that. I also was curious, the recycling industry has gone through so much change and a lot of challenges, and you're coming into that just last year. So I guess just from the past year, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges that the industry needs to tackle this year? And what are some proposed solutions or steps that you think the industry could take for these challenges? This is what we talk about on a daily basis here at Closed Loop, so I'm, I'm glad you asked the question. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that are, are facing the industry. I think it really is dependent on specific operations, but I'm going to choose two that I think are maybe more impactful than the others. The first is aging infrastructure. So after uh, China's national sword policy was implemented in 2017, many of the MRF operators kind of realized that they needed to upgrade their operations in order to stay in business or stay viable. And we are helping to finance a lot of those upgrades. So I think good progress is being made in that area. Still a long way to go. But um, getting our recycling infrastructure to be, you know, best in class and, and operating at, at an optimal level, I think will really help, you know, the supply chain in the industry overall. Uh, the second challenge is commodity price volatility. So the supply and demand dynamics for recycled commodities creates quite a bit of short-term price volatility, which makes it very difficult for companies to invest in long-term projects. So here at Closed Loop, we, are champion, uh, we believe that this volatility can be smoothed out through the implementation of new contract structures between MRFs and municipalities. So Many real estate may be familiar, but doing um, a contract where there's a processing fee plus a revenue share mechanism, um, that really helps the MRFs stabilize their cash flows and, and guarantee that they're going to at least get their operating costs covered. And then as a bonus for the municipality, they get a kickback of some of the revenue from the sale of their recycled commodities. So that's something that we're pushing pretty hard throughout the industry. And then the other part of that is really securing long-term off-take agreements with customers. That will help to eliminate a lot of that price volatility on the back end from MRFs, but also from the processors, knowing that they're going to be able to have a stable price um, over, over the long run uh, will help kind of eliminate a lot of that pricing volatility and allow everyone along the supply chain to invest in more long-term projects that will help, um, help the system overall. Got it. Now, you mentioned one of the challenges is aging infrastructure. So what are some technologies that you think recyclers should be investing in to try to upgrade their facilities? Yes. So great question. Um, as I mentioned, we have our venture fund. And out of that fund, we're an investor in AMP Robotics. Um, they are exploding right now in growth. Uh, and they're really leading the charge in the robotics and AI applications within recycling. 
this technology is very exciting um, to me and everyone else at Close Loop because of its potential to create better data, more transparency, and a cleaner end product, all of which would add tremendous value to the supply chain. So robotics, AI, I think that's very um, you know, near term that's happening right now. They're being installed all over the country. And I think that's, that will kind of revolutionize a lot of um, the way that MERS operates. I also think that chemical recycling um, has extremely powerful applications that if scalable and if um, able to be used in a variety of different applications, I think could also really revolutionize the recycling industry. That's a little bit more long-term. Um, I, I don't think that those solutions are available right now, but um, they, you know, once those kind of get more widely available, I think that that's going to be um, a key area of investment as well. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today, Allison. Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Megan.